And welcome to Demon Road Diaries. We are back. I think we're number seven. Is this 17 or 18? This is 18. I, I don't know, brother. My concept 18. of time this is, is gone. I've lost time. I've lost control of everything. My name is Caden Green. My name is Ronnie Rios. I am Chelsea Durden. And today we have a special guest with us. They're always special, but this one is extra special. Hey now. Super special. Mega special. <laughs> lots of special. It is the queen of crazy, Kylan King. Woo-woo. Woo. Fanfare. <laughs> she is royalty after all. We would have gotten spooters, but it wasn't in the budget. Oh, no. Spooters? Yeah, you know, like, you know, like Mark Marrow or Jeff Jarrett would come to the ring and they they fire spooters out of their gear. It was, what, you know, is like, it, is that like, what it's called? I call them spooters, where it's like it's like a cannon on your arm and you fire confetti out of it. Like, oh of, yeah, oh, yeah. Mister Pentico has. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. The streamers. <laughs> right. the streamers. I mean, I this isn't this isn't audio podcast, so like, yeah, they wouldn't be able to say see that it. we did that anyway, and they wouldn't have known. But. Well, maybe I mean, it's just for us then. Uh, I, I yeah. Just, now, I, now I have like. Wait visions of like having those um except it's like the blood of innocence or something because oh god you know, we're, we're demons damn it <laughs> that would be really cool yes not real blood no Absolutely. no not Just real blood like crimson streamers streamers like- yeah, yeah yeah and then we just tell them it's the blood of the innocent. It's the blood <laughs> of the now, innocent. Like, those are like red streamers. They are not red streamers. <laughs> they are the blood of the innocent. All right. So what is up? How are you handling quarantine? How's that going? Um, It's going pretty good. I mean, my life before quarantine was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty busy. Like, I never slept. So I definitely sleep a lot more now. So that's nice. And, that's uh, yeah, I'm just... Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, it, it's kind of nice. It's kind of like the vacation that I always said I would take, but I never did. Well, so I just, I just chill at home. I cook, I hang out with our dog and uh, I work out a lot. I just go for runs all day, twice a day, yeah. sometimes three. Well, all right, Miss Cardio Queen. Not all I mean, of us can just run all day. I, <laughs> you know, it wasn't an attack. You know that, it right? was not an I didn't take it <laughs> as an attack. You're projecting. Um, <laughs> you asked you asked me what I was doing. I was just giving an honest answer. I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, you mentioned the dog, and my, my brain just kind of like, like, I mean, zeroed in. Yeah, he is pretty cute. He sleeps a lot too. So fair. I, I would I would sleep a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think he did, I think he did that before quarantine, though. That's fine. He's living his best life. Yeah. Exactly. What was all those like fake articles going around where it was like America's dogs not understanding what's going on but really stoked about it? Yeah. I saw I saw a meme or something where like this girl was talking to her dog and she's like, I'm sorry, I have to tell you that I have to go back to work soon. And the dog's face just got really upset. <laughs> That's so I was sad. like, oh no. Mm-hmm. She's like, quarantine's almost over, guys. I have to go back to work. Sight, you live in Florida. <laughs> Round two is coming up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fight. Fight. Uh, but before 
everything got turned upside down. You said you were really busy, and I'm curious then. Yeah. So, uh, kind of, uh, just a little bit of your story. So, like, what, what, what brought you to the dance? What, what brought you into pro wrestling and and the journey you've been on the last few years? Yeah. Um. So my wrestling story kind of started pretty similar to a lot of people. You know, growing up watching it with my brothers. So, uh, fun fact, I have five of those brothers. I mean, yeah. So, in our house, there would always be yelling and screaming and arguments and stuff like that. But when wrestling came on, we'd all shut up, sit in front of the TV, and just hang out. And we're friendly. And, you know, it's all something we really liked. So, that was, like, the one moment where we all just got along and chilled out. So I, I grew up watching, especially my brother Lucas, he was the biggest fan of all of us. And so I grew up watching it with him, uh, kind of went away from it for a little while and then got back into it uh, when I was in high school. Um, and I just remember like having that feeling of knowing the kind of joy and comfort wrestling brought to my brothers and I when we were kids. And I just always wanted to live out that for myself and give that to others. So uh I, but but I kind of like was a scared to do it at first because my mom she was uh, she was not a fan of wrestling like she but in her defense like she walked in on us watching it during like the Attitude Era mm-hmm. and like girls in the wet T-shirt contest and bikini mm-hmm. matches and stuff like that so that was her impression of wrestling so when I when I told her I wanted to be a wrestler she was not happy about it she was like yo absolutely not. So I kind of got scared and I, I, you know, I was a good kid, graduated high school, went to college and all that stuff. And then towards the end of my college days, I was just like, no, I was like, this is literally all I think about. I have to give it a shot. I have to try it. So, uh, yeah. So I got like three jobs, saved up a bunch of money with my brothers. And then we moved to Florida and I honestly had no idea why we needed to move to Florida. I just had this instinctual feeling like, yo, we got to go to Florida. And so we moved here, and then about a week later, I met somebody at my gym, of all places, who trained at a Team 3D Academy, where the Judley Boys had a school running in Orlando, Florida. And uh, they took me there, and I met them, and that's when I started training. And I was there for about two and a half years, uh, and then I started doing shows. So, I mean, like... for. I mean, technically, if you want to get technical, I've been wrestling since I was like eight years old. Because like, because <laughs> like post, like we would, we would. So, like I said, my mom wasn't a big fan. So what we would do is once she kind of banned it from the house, we would give our friends VHS tapes to like record them for us. Mm-hmm. And then when mom and dad would go out on date night, we would pop pop it in the VHS and we would watch it. And then as soon as it was over, we would collect all the pillows and blankets from our house and create like this ring and of sorts and then we would just pick each other up and slam each other a bunch of times and it was great that is had a bunch of knockdown drag outs yeah it reminds me of that joke where it's like if you've never put your sibling in a sharpshooter are you even related yes (laughs) i cannot tell you how many times i got rock bottomed into just like the most random things i'm pretty sure i got rock bottomed into like this wooden chest once like, oh. like my brother, my brother was playing a video game. I interrupted him and he died and he was like, it's your fault. And he just picked me up. And oh. me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm fine. I'm alive. It's all good. <laughs> like you lived. But I lived. I know. Well, it's funny though, because like 
now that we're older, we all get along so well, you know, and we're all off in our own world. So whenever we do get together, it's, you know, it's, it's so awesome. But I always joke whenever like my back's bothering me or something like that. I'm like, you know, this is your fault, right? He was like, what? I'm like, I'm still technically young. And I have all these problems with my bag. I'm like, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, it's his fault that your uh, that your foam roller heating pad for 20 minutes <laughs> ice heat, ice heat yeah. years old. But at the same time, you know, I can blame him for my wrestling career too. Like, yeah, Yo, you know, this is your fault, right? All of it traces back to him. Like, I it tell does. my brother the same thing because I'm also uh, sleep with my neck slightly tilted, and it ruins the entire next three days. Exactly. Years old. And uh, I blame that on my brother as well. So he, so they have to pay our medical bills, right? Uh, that's that's what I'm saying. All right, as long as we're all on the same page, as long I'll as we're all, I'll send him the bill. That is a that is a I relate to that because that is a special feeling when you grew up with siblings who also enjoyed wrestling with you, and even if they didn't enjoy it to the point where they got into it, like you yeah, did, it is that great feeling. I'm obviously I'm sure you. Well, I would hope you've experienced where your siblings got to see you wrestle. Yeah. You know, um, and it, no, go ahead. Uh, my, my parents haven't gotten to see me wrestle yet, but my the brothers that I moved to Florida with, uh, my brother Mitchell and my brother Lucas, they actually got to see me wrestle twice before either one of them left Florida. So that was really, really cool because it was like, I mean, I don't give them enough credit. Like when we first moved here, we were all, like, it was one of those, like, we were just living paycheck to paycheck, surviving together and trying to just live this crazy dream. Mm-hmm. And I probably wouldn't still be here in Florida if it wasn't for them. So, like, just knowing all the stuff that we went through and then finally getting to this point where I was out doing shows and them actually getting to witness it was probably one of the most wonderful feelings in the world. Because it was just like a big, like, me in the ring performing for them was just like the biggest thank you I could ever give them kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, for sure. That was, that was, there's a really cool picture I got of, um, it wasn't like the first time he got to see me wrestle, but like my, my closest to me in age brother, who I basically grew up with, he was the one that I watched, you know, Raw with every week and did all the stupid shit with. And there's this really yeah. cool picture of when we, when me and Aaron wrestled the Ducks at Mayhem on Mills, I'm getting Irish whipped by, um, Coach Mikey. And you can see in the corner of the bottom of the ring, my brother standing there smiling his ass off. Just <laughs> so happy to see me doing it and it was just like it's like that beautiful and caps moment because i remember my brother was when i told everybody like years ago like i'd already been a college dropout and i'd, I'd like yeah. done all this band stuff and i was like basically the the fuck up of the family and i was going around telling everybody, no 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 let's not think of it that way you're the well, dreamer of the family well i'm just saying like that was what the family looked at me. i didn't yeah. fuck up but i was just that's, <laughs> that's what i felt like to them yeah and I was telling people, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a wrestler. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this wrestling thing. And everyone's just like, no, that's dumb. You're Ooh. gonna get hurt. You're gonna get addicted to drugs. You're gonna like, you're gonna fail. Yeah. Yep. And my brother, my brother Stephen was the only one who was like, yeah, go fucking do it. It's the only thing you've wanted to do since you were five years old. Yeah. And so, that's like that beautiful feeling of just like you believed in me and you got to see it. But it's really cool too because like. My mom was the same exact way. Like when I told her, like, I don't want to use my education. I want to go into wrestling. Her immediate reaction was wrestling is stupid. You're going to, you're going to get so hurt and not be able to take care of yourself. And, and all these, you know, a natural mother reaction because she sees her child going into a sport that can be very dangerous and she doesn't want that for her. 
I, I didn't blame her for feeling that way, but it's really, really cool because once I got the training and once I started doing shows, like she slowly started coming around to it. Like she would, she would repost my stuff on social media and brag about me to her friends. And then, um, I think the coolest thing was, uh, when I debuted at AEW, my brother sent me a Snapchat story of her, I guess my, her, my dad like tuned in at seven o'clock when it aired and they were watching it. And you hear my mom in the background going, come on, Kylan, let's go get her. Come on. <laughs> and then at some point on commentary, they called Penelope, uh, a lady. And my mom, no, she's not. She's so mean and rude. <laughs> it, was just, it was just so good. I was laughing my butt off. I'm like, how cool is that? That just a couple years ago, she was telling me what I wanted to do with my life was dumb. And yep. now she's tuning in, watching me, like cheering me on, even though like, it's just, it's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to put the work in and then you'll change people's minds. That's, that's really all it comes down to yeah because i think that's just part of it is just there's so many people who talk talk a big game yeah so few people who actually pull the trigger and follow through on something like that mm-hmm. yeah so i think i think you earn a lot whether you're someone who has some amazing legendary masawa like career or if you're just someone who kind of just did their own thing and you know you know did stuff here and there it's just like the fact that you did it the fact yeah. that you've actually gotten that ring, got to a level where you're performing on a high level, and, and it's just, yeah, it's like you you really almost fuck with people's heads. You're just like, whoa, I didn't know you were capable of this. This is amazing, you know? Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah. But speaking of good feelings, uh, so let's, uh, or at least I would hope are good feelings, uh, <laughs> uh, your training. So what's, tell me a little bit about your, I think, was Kristen was the first uh, Dudley student we had on, right? Yeah. Okay, and I think I don't think we've had a Dudley since then. No, not so, since. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what it was like going through Team 3D. Um, it was pretty awesome. So, I mean, me like I played sports my whole life, but I still had no idea what to expect, you know, because you don't really know the tea of wrestling until you get into wrestling. So I was just like, all right, you know, I have no idea what I need to do, but we're going to do it. So even before I moved to Florida and I found team 3d, uh, I used to do mixed martial arts. I used to train full time at a, a studio called, uh, the Kwamukon Academy in Cleveland. And, uh, so we, we had a lot of drills that were similar, but then like before I moved to Florida, I was like, all right, let me look up, like wrestling drills, like professional wrestling drills and see if I can replicate them. So I would like find these videos. And then if you've ever been in a karate studio, you know how like they have the pad of fours. So mm-hmm. I would like do, I would bump and, and roll around on those things and do rolling drills. Yeah. Time out, time out. You were You're, bumping on karate. Yes. Dojo floors? Yes. I would, oh, I, I probably I still have videos of it. that's where your problems came from. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, the, it's not, I mean, we used to do judo drills in there and stuff. So, I mean, I've taken slap outs on their, their floors before. It's not terrible, terrible, but yeah, it's definitely not as, uh, as nice as some places you could bump at, but yeah, I just, I didn't want to go into it being stupid. So I was like, all right, let me just like learn what I can on my own and then whatever, you know, take it to the next level when I can find a school. So, so I got to Florida, I found team three and about a month later I started training there and, uh, 
the drills they do there are just insane. Like I, I, cause they've moved now they've moved to a new location, but before they used to be over in Kissimmee, Florida. And it was like this little hole in the back of this gym. And it was just this teeny little room with a ring, some chairs and an office. And there was no AC. So you went in there, there was nothing but fans and you would just go in there and you would do drills. And within a matter of seconds, you were sweating. So like, I always joke, like, you had no choice but to lose weight at their school <laughs> because the moment you started doing, like, throwdowns or running the ropes, like, you were just drenched. So I, I wasn't sure, like, if I had it in me until I did this. They have this drill there called uh, the Ring of Honor drill. Oh yeah, yeah. Horror stories. Oh, it's it's. You watch the drill and you're like, oh, that's not that hard. But you do the drill and you're like, death. So, I think I think the first time I did it, I I got it done in like eighteen, nineteen minutes. And then the second time I did it, which was like a couple months later, I got it in like thirteen minutes. It's it's hard, especially because of the humidity. Like you feel like you can't breathe, but like just training there like they they treat the women just like they treat the men you know like it's it's really awesome because the way they train you they just prepare you for everything they teach you psychology they, they, they slowly build you up with this like they don't throw everything at you at once and then be like okay go do shows like I was there for a year and a half before I got cleared to do shows so you know they they make sure you're ready and, and getting to train with people like like Devon and Bubba and uh, you get trained there with John Cruz and sometimes Jay Rios would be there. And just like their knowledge and their expertise about everything is everything you need to, to go out and do shows. I, I know for a fact that if I had gone anywhere else, I would not be as prepared as I, I was. And then like, of course, we got Billy Gunn to come in there. Like, I think it was like five or six months after I started training there. He started becoming a coach at our school once a week and just getting to hear his like view on wrestling and his way of teaching was just so cool because he was one of the first people who was able to get me to slow down and like get comfortable with like talking in the ring because before I would just like go 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 and it would just be chaos and so like he was one of the first people like the way he spoke to me like my brain was able to absorb it and understand it so but yeah it's that's no joke but if you want to if you want a good training definitely go there I think it's actually referred to as the the Devon Dudley Academy now something like that um because Bubba has his own school so yeah but I think you can still find it under Team 3D Academy is it just like kind of evenly dispersed about the mentors you had there or who would you say is someone who's the most personally responsible for how you wrestle I I want to say it's evenly dispersed just because like each person taught me something different so like with Cruz like he, he helped me with a lot of my technical stuff because, you know, I mean, you've seen him wrestle. He's just, he's amazing. And he knows so much. And Cruz helped me a lot with psychology. Um, Devon, he, he just helped me. He was there when I first started learning stuff. And so he just helped me get over my nerves of taking bumps and stuff like that. Like, I remember like I was learning how to take a hip toss and I was so terrified just to, to flip myself over and bump. And he was just able to get me through that phase of my training. Like, Hey, you got this kind of thing. And then when Billy came in, he was able, he was able to teach me how to, like I said before, just to slow down, to get comfortable with working with all different types of bodies and like experience. And then like the kind of drills that he would put us through would, would teach us how to like 
call stuff on the fly and like just talk to people in the ring because before like I I was one of those people where I had to know everything that was going on in the match or else like I would feel so chaotic mm-hmm. and then after I started training with him for a little while I was able to like all right you know if anything goes wrong I'm just gonna grab you grab your head we're gonna go over and we're just gonna talk it out and yeah. then keep going like so I think each one of them helped me in different ways so I would definitely say evenly dispersed yeah, it sounds like everybody uh, who had an influence on your training and career thus far, they bring a, something a little bit different to the table, which yeah. uh, I'm sure helps you become a much more well-rounded athlete. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, like, I how, like, so do you, do you do this? Do you feel like you have, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi moments with your mentors where, like, you're in the ring in the heat of the moment and you can just hear them talking in the back of your ear. Yes, all the time. I I do that with, there's a couple things specifically. It's, like, whenever I'm selling, Jay is in my ear going, show your face, show your face. Oh, God, I hear Dan Carroll's voice in my head constantly uh, When when me and Aaron are in tag matches and I'm on the corner, like, he's taking heat and I have to, uh, like, sell that he's getting beaten up. I have Angelina Love in my ear going, care about your tag partner. Show yeah. the crowd that you care about what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, there will be there will be times where, like, I'll put a match together with somebody, and then we'll go away from it. And then 10 minutes later, I'll be calling it to myself, and I'll be like, wait a second. Why the hell are we going from here to there? That makes no sense. There's no psychology there. And so then I'll go find the person. I'll be like, we have to change everything. And that's definitely that's definitely Cruz because Cruz was the biggest. Like when, whenever we would do matches for him, he was the biggest one who would break down the psychology of it. You know, he was very very passionate about psychology. And then I think with with Billy, like he taught me. I think he helped me with my confidence, like because I I I was when I came in like. I always had this idea like, oh, I'm a karate girl because that's where I come from originally. So I, I took myself way too seriously. And Billy was the one who kind of helped me just have confidence and learn how to have some fun. Because um, I, I, I remember like there was one time I was having a match and he like stopped us halfway through this match. And he's like, you guys know wrestling's fun, right? And I was like, oh. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um and he's like, yeah, you guys all look like you, you hate what you're doing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no, I love what I'm doing. Okay, let me mix things up a little bit. And so because of that and because of the way he made me more comfortable about t- how, of how to talk in the ring, like, I think my confidence and, and my goofiness in the ring definitely stems from him. So I've, I think I've, I've witnessed you having cruise moments, like, in the wild. Like, yeah. I've actually watched the look come over your face face and then you know the like the hand gestures we all make as we're running through like the match in our heads and yeah then you, you pause and you're like and yeah. then suddenly you make a beeline and I'm like oh god what do we do <laughs> and I, I've definitely seen you have Billy Gunn moments where like anytime I've watched you do any kind of suplex especially if it's like an overhead yeah you big suplex and then you immediately sit up and your big smile like ah, I just fucking yeah. did that <laughs> <laughs> Because I mean, I mean, I I think I think a big part of me connected with Billy because he is such a big dude, right? And that's and a big, I okay, we sidestep sidestep. That is a big motherfucker. That is a he's big. so big. I, I met I met him. We met him on a card we were booked on. He was in the main event, and he's and he's standing there. And it's not just that he's tall, and it's not just that he's muscular. That's the 
thick. He's just large, a thick dude. Like every, it's like an ant. It's just like, holy fuck. No wonder you had a job for 15 years. No. And he's <laughs> kind of like. still going, dude. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure every time I, like, I see him at shows, he's gotten bigger than the last time I saw him. So like, he's like, so yes. And he, and he's like, he still trains the same way he used to when he was younger. Like he's still going at it. He's, he's an incredible athlete. But, uh, but I just remember like, because I, cause I'm a big girl and my biggest fear was just having one of those careers where, you know, the big girl who just slammed a couple people around, but never really got anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. And so like he, he was able to show me like, okay, yeah, you're big, but here's how you have fun with it and make people want more of you. And so like. And that's how, I mean, that's who he is when he's, in, when he's in his matches. Like, he'll have his moments where he'll be like, oh, you you screwed up, dude. Like, he'll give him that look, and then he'll light them up. But he also has a lot of those moments where he's just laughing and having a good old time. So I think I watched a lot of that when I was in the ring with him, like, wrestling around with him. Like, I would notice that, and I would notice how infectious it was. And so I'm like, all right, that's what I need. Because who doesn't love watching Billy Gunn wrestle? Because he's a goofball, but he's also a big dude who's going to mess you up if you, if you don't play your cards right. So I definitely think a lot of him rubbed off on me in, in our training together. Uh, I do. I was, I've always complimented that about anytime I've watched you wrestle. I, I've always complimented that like you have some of the, just the most for anyone, just the most explosive offense. And yeah. You do anything crazy. I mean, no pun intended. Um, it's, it's, it's not that you do anything that like I don't see other people doing but you just do it with such a snappiness and a flourish and knowing that you have a martial arts background that makes sense uh, yeah everything is just fucking quick and fucking there and it's just like oh I love it <laughs> it's just I, that's yeah when I put matches together I try to approach it as like a real fight mm-hmm. because at the end of the day we're getting in the ring to win you know so like I you know, I don't mind doing fancy stuff, but I also like to, to no matter what kind of match we're going to have, there's got to be a brawl in there somewhere. There's got to be, you know, the strikes and all that stuff, because at the end of the day, we're both trying to be, beat each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just lost my train of thought, but, <laughs> but yeah, but like, you know, you, you, and then like, for me, like, I know a lot of people have given me the, the comment, like, I, I don't everybody said it to me a little bit different but the way I sell sometimes it's like well have you ever been hit for reels before it really sucks yeah yeah like I think sometimes even if it's just like you just got to get punched once in your life to know how it feels mm-hmm. and then like no matter like if you're in wrestling no matter what you're taking you're gonna know that like oh this this actually does hurt so yeah. but yeah thank you so let's uh, let's talk about a place that is near and dear to all of our hearts. Uh, fest wrestling. So, what's your, what is your fest story? What got what? Like, obviously, you've been doing yeah. fest for what about a year and a half? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, well, I think going on to you started to uh, to what show uh, did you debut? Like, I debuted. I debuted at the 2018 Love Cup. Okay. With Amy Rose, yeah. Oh, that was your first match, that tag match. Yeah, I mean, I okay. I'd, I've gone there a bunch of times. So... Yeah, I we I think I we met you at the actual fest. Um, yeah. Yeah, where yeah. 
Yeah, because I think I you were there with like like Treehouse and Saeed and a couple other people. I remember. Um, so I I had seen I had seen a bunch of videos of like uh, Serpentico there and Rios and like a bunch of people that I knew for, uh, from 3D who had gone there and I'd seen their videos and I'd seen like the recaps of the shows and I'm just like yo this looks like a really cool place to wrestle at. So as soon as I got cleared, the first show that they had, which I think was the the fest show um i was like i want to go and it, it it ended up being perfect because um that weekend for some reason i wasn't working at all and amy had come like usually when we went to fest she would always stop in at our house uh just to rest for the night and then she would go off to to the show and uh she came in and she was like you want to know what i think i'm gonna go down there for the whole weekend and i was like oh really and she's like yeah do you want to come and i was like sure i've never been there before this would be awesome so we went down there for the whole weekend we got to experience like all the all the bands and stuff like that and then of course at the end of the weekend you've got the fest show and uh i just remember thinking to myself i'm like i don't care how many times i have to come back to this place i need to get on this show so i would always come i would help with the ring you know i'd help clean or whatever they needed to do and i just kept coming back and then uh at some point I think Tony messaged Amy and was like, hey, we want you to wrestle at Fest. Do you have anybody you could tag with? Or at the Love Cup tournament, they're like, do you have anybody you could tag with? And she emailed me. She's like, are you available? I was like, hell yeah. So that was my that was my first debut there. And then thankfully, like, there was a lot of people who work on that show who I always run into at other shows and who had seen me wrestle before. So they, so I think, like, Tony, uh, Frankie, the refs, like, they... I, I know for a fact, like, they put in a very good word with uh, Tony about me as well. So it's definitely, I think showing up a lot helped, but definitely their their good word helped a lot too, so. Yeah, it's just such a different atmosphere being there, isn't it? Like, yeah, I, my fest stories are all weird because um, <laughs> I seem to only be able to, like, go there when I'm injured. It's like the last time I was there, my vocal cords were paralyzed. And the time before that was during my time off for my concussion. So I've really had like a very hands-off approach to Fest. But like, by God, have I seen some of the coolest shit there. They do so uh, much. Yeah. It's last time when you were with, I think you, uh, you got to wrestle the ducks, right? Yeah. I got, I got paired with Beastly. And we got to wrestle the Ducks. That was so... Because the Ducks are, like, one of those tag teams that I run into, like, at every show I'm on. And I, I look at them and I'm like, they're crazy, but they're amazing. Like, <laughs> how like how do they do all this stuff? And I always thought to myself, like, it would be really cool to wrestle them. But at that point in time, I hadn't been doing a lot of intergender wrestling yet. Like, I hadn't been getting booked for a lot of that. So in my head, I'm thinking, like, ah, oh, it's probably never going to happen. And then one year later on my anniversary of uh or my one year anniversary with fest that's the match i get i'm like yo that's so cool (laughs) and it's and it's crazy too because i just remember i was so nervous but the way they like the way they put matches together it just puts you at ease like they're they're so good at it like i think you know sometimes you'll have those moments where you you can put a match together in like 10 minutes and then Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll have those unfortunate moments where you're just not gelling with this person. It takes like an hour, but like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we had this match called in like five minutes. It was ridiculous how quickly we did it together. And then just once we got out there, it was just so much fun. They're so awesome to work. 
Yeah, I, you pro- probably couldn't hear me all the way back at the uh, the Coda's merch table um, with my very strangled, paralyzed voice going, "That's my fucking girl." <laughs> I, I just I just couldn't get over because you know I've I've been on a bunch I've been on a bunch of shows that the Ducks were working, and you know, and it's just that I've never heard them not them booed, but like I've never heard them winning getting booed before. Yeah. But the fact that once I who like whatever you, did you take the pin or who who took the pin in that man? I got pinned. So, so it was a uh, when you got pinned, it was I got th- yeah I got thrown into Beastly and then I got O'Connor. Yeah. So when you got pinned, the crowd was just like, "Fuck that shit." Are you for real? I didn't hear that. No, nobody. I'm not saying they said that. Maybe somebody did. I don't remember. But it was just Probably. it was like an audible like groan of like oh no what no oh, that's so cool. like these kids. one kind it was it was you it was a thousand percent you like they were just like well, no kylan no oh that's awesome i didn't know that they did that yeah yeah no they wanted they wanted you to win pretty badly and honestly i think that would i mean obviously like the ducks went on to win the rest of the tournament so like yeah but it was just one of those things where it was like that would have been cool i think just knock out the ducks in the first round who would have saw that yeah. coming I know. Maybe I would have gotten booed if that had happened. You never know. I don't know. Like, I think I must say, like, if somebody would have gotten away with it, I think that wasn't a heel. I think it would have been you. Yeah. yeah. Like, fuck, I think Kylin's a heel in Fest now. <laughs> but I mean, that's just the way that crowd is. They're, that place, like, whether they have 30 people there or like 100 plus people there, that mm-hmm. crowd is so invested and so crazy mm-hmm. and, and magical. Like, that's why I always say, like, I don't care what you book me and I'll, I'll come. Because yeah. that, because I feel like it's it's one of those shows where you go out and you do a bunch of other shows and you have a mixed reaction at each one or mixed feeling about each one, but then you come back to that to fest and it kind of restores your faith and in, in the magic of wrestling. Like, all right, there are there are promotions out there that are worth working for. Like, heck yeah, like it's it's like a refresher for your soul. I think, I think a big thing with fest is that like the fans aren't regular wrestling fans. They're, no, um, they're like almost like college student wrestling fans yeah in their own weird way and then to add to that like the beer is very cheap so people are always like <laughs> pretty close to tipsy but you don't have to deal with these like regular local wrestling fans that are like oh man i seen fucking seth rollins do that last night oh my yeah. god and you're oh like, my gosh fucker it's a ripcord like get over yourself but these fans, every move, it doesn't have to be big. Are exactly. So invested. It's they're moment by moment fans, as opposed to like, all right, but I just want to know who wins. Yeah. And like, and like once once you work there and they see you go and they they realize like, oh, we like this person, like they get so into it. Like I remember it might have been the second or third time I worked at, at Fest. Actually, no, it was it might have been the fest. I just remember my music went off and like in that moment of time, like to me, like I'm nobody. I still think that a lot of the days, like I'm nobody, I'm still working to get up to get where I want. But that was one of those moments where they knew the lyrics to my music. Like they started singing it and they were like, Kylan. I was like, Holy crap. This is awesome. Cause I had never had a moment like that before, but that's just how they are. Like once they're invested in you, Mm-hmm. They they are hardcore about it, so I was just like, "That's really really cool." Yeah, definitely. Well, you're definitely someone worth investing in. 
so I'm not surprised. Uh, so looking then to like you're talking about like trying to go places, trying to build yourself up. So obviously you've had, you know, in the midst of COVID-19, you know, not a lot of shows, obviously. We're only yeah. Only, you know, starting to see some sprinklings of what it looks like normal pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, but you, of all people, managed to uh, itch yourself a little, nice little spot in the midst of all this pandemonium. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience so far with, working with AEW? Um, AEW is probably one of the coolest places I've ever got to work at. Uh, not just because of, you know, it's, it's stature, but like the moment I got there, such positivity and kindness. Like, so, like a lot of promotions, you know, it can be like that, but then you have those occasional promotions where it's just a lot of negativity and drama and stuff like that but like the moment I got like when I got there I was I was so nervous I was very quiet kept to myself like is it okay if I do this is it okay if I get in the ring kind of stuff and uh Sunny Kiss came up to me and was like girl calm down have some fun like you're so <laughs> you're so welcomed here we're so excited to have you and and it was just like and I mean that's how it's been every single time I come back like people remember your name they hug you they say hello they ask you how you've been like it's just so cool and then like just to be working around the people I'm working around like getting like like I've gotten to get in the ring with Dustin Rose a couple times now and just train with him and get feedback from him and he's oh my gosh he's probably one of the sweetest humans I've ever met he tried he tried to play it off he was like no man I'm a grumpy old man I'm like no you can play that card if you want to but you're a sweet human being and and training with you is just such a pleasure so and just every opportunity is is I feel like it's been one of those experiences where I'm learning stuff about myself it's not just an opportunity you know to get my name out there but I'm actually like learning things about myself in the ring because every for me at least like every single time I've watched another match air I'll see myself moving and I'll be like that's not something I used to do I think I think I might be getting better oh my gosh so yeah, I mean, it's not just like you hear about some places where, you know, they the extras are whatever. Right. But mm -hmm. you come in there and they welcome you with open arms. Extras are part of the family. And just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss of words right now because it's just it, it's like a, it's like a new home for me, to be honest. Like working there is it's, it's become one of my favorite places to go to just just mm -hmm. to be around the people and their positivity and then just constantly learning and like be giving the opportunity to keep living this crazy dream despite all the craziness that's going on in the world. It's a wonderful, positive place for sure. Awesome. Oh, sorry. So what is like, Oh, are you going to say something? Um, I was, I was just going to ask, you know, um, it was, a it was a, uh, shock to, um, everybody. I think when, you know, your first AEW dark, uh, graphic popped up. Yeah. And, uh, Trevor was being real cagey that week, not really kind of telling anybody because you weren't you weren't at training Monday, oh, yeah, you weren't there Tuesday, and um, you weren't there Wednesday, and then I was uh, trying to give my friends all a nice little surprise. It 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 it, it did work out because um, I got a little, little cheat codes because I happened to be um, everybody seems to like forget I exist when I'm stretching, um, so. Uh, 
Trevor was talking to Gangrel, and I forget uh, I forget what Gangrel said, but uh, Trevor was like, uh, "Yeah, I think they ta- finish, you know, the taping and stuff around around ten and um, whatever." And I was like, I did like a like a movie double take, more like a quad take, because I was like, <laughs> "Look at Trevor, look at Gangrel, back to Trevor, back to Gangrel," and I was like, "Taping, taping, look at the phone, it's Wednesday." Yeah, <laughs> and I just like. Like, um, and then Gangrel looks at me. And he's like, "You don't know nothing." Oh my god! Kind of look. Like he didn't say he didn't say that, but that's just kind of like the look that he gave me. And then so when when the uh, when the graphic popped up, I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm growing up and saving China, and- dude." That's how I felt when the graphic popped up. I think a part of me thought it was a dream, and then the graphic popped up. I'm like, "Oh gosh, I really did do that." <laughs> like that wasn't. Fake. That's a thing that really happened. Yeah. And uh, your your first opponent was uh, Penelope Ford, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was so awesome to work. How was the uh, the process of like putting matches together there? Like, you guys get agents, I'm sure. And um... yeah. Yeah. So uh, the first time I went there, Billy was our agent, Billy Gunn. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there, I was ready to, you know, do what I was told. And, and they came up to me, they're like, all right, so what's some stuff that you do? I was like, oh, you guys want my input? Okay. You know, and, and it was, it was really, I think we had this match together in like 10 minutes. Like it was, you know, cause it's about Penelope. It was about her. So they just, they wanted me to just feel at home, have some fun and, you know, and just just work you know everybody gets yeah everybody gets an agent and it gets done really fast so and you know we're all in the ring goofing around and trying stuff we got the crash pads in there and we're all just jumping around doing stupid stuff so yeah billy helped us put the match together and she was such a delight to work so sweet that's why that's why after um the episode air my brother sent me that video of my mom and she's like she's she's rude and mean i was like i messaged her i'm like mom be nice penelope is the sweetest human being ever (laughs) so that's it's 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 funny because i know because i know you like i can tell when you're having like a lot of fun with a match and i could could tell i was like i didn't um obviously you know we're wrestlers we're good at this shit but um but I, I really didn't detect, like, a whole lot of nerves. It just seemed like you were really comfortable. Yeah. I mean, and that's how they make you feel, though. Like, like, I mean, like I said, when I got there, I was super, super nervous. But then everybody, like, slowly, one by one, was just like, yo, we're so happy you're here. Welcome. And, and, and I feel like once, you're, once you get that kind of welcoming from them, it makes it a lot easier to do your job. Because they're so worried about, like, impressing people. But then once you realize, like, they're happy to have you there, it just feels like, another cool show that you get to do, you know, it's, it's, it's less terrifying. That's awesome. That's a really cool experience for you. I'm glad you've been able to, uh, been able to do this thus far. It's like every time I see, you know, somebody that I know personally, like one of my friends, you know, they pop up on the AEW graphic. And yeah. Like, I know that photo. That's a speedy photo. It's like, mm-hmm. I know that person. And it's just, it's just really exciting, man. It's, it's very, very cool. And I, I, too, like, I just, I think it's really awesome that in, like, in this time of, of the pandemic and all that stuff, that they're still giving us wrestlers opportunities to, to shine and do what we love. And it's not just like a, all right, come in and get out kind of thing. Like, they want you to keep coming back. They want you to, 
to work with them and, you know, <clears throat> just have some fun with them. You know, they're, they're just a big old family who want to create some fun stuff to give back to people during these hard times. And that's literally like they, they'll have speeches like that. Like, Hey, let's remember, like we're, we're bringing a little light light into people's lives right now during these dark times. So let's have some fun. And that's, that's just another great reason to work there. Cause that's the energy that they give you. It's a very cool outlook to have. Yeah. So I'm curious then uh, just overall, like, AEW Fest, your um, Mayhem on Mills, like your, the the whole run that you've had so far. What are some of like your highlights? What you would say so far, like things that are like that, like really were like, oh, I'm really proud of this, or um, fuck, like this is why I'm doing this. Like this, like this gave me the feeling you were looking for, or whatever. Yeah. Um. And fest, each fest experience has been a little bit different. A couple of the times that I got booked on Fest, it was like one of those last minute, like, hey, we need you to come in because this person can't work. And so it just wanted to be like a really cool opportunity. But mm-hmm. I think I think one of my highlights at Fest would definitely be what we were talking about earlier, wrestling the Ducks, because like I said, I never thought I would. And then that happened. And that was so cool just to to see what they brought out in me. And then um, for me, I'm on Mills. I definitely think my my feud with Wolf Taylor Oh, was probably so oh my gosh he is he he's such he's one of those people i really hope he like blows up soon because i don't i don't think people i don't think people realize like how talented he is like he's just one of those people who who who, who i think he holds back i think i think he needs to start showing people more because like between his promos and his personality and mm. then just working with him in the ring like I, I hope it happens for him soon because he's so freaking good. Like, a real hidden gem down here. So yeah. fun. So fun fact. Like our what was it? Our second match together, the ladder match. That was only the second ladder match I had ever done, and the first really? one. The first one I had done was the one I did at Fest mm-hmm. uh, with Effie and and uh, with all, on all of them. I'm I'm sorry, my my brain is like scattered right now. I'm trying to remember names, but uh. Yeah, so that one, there were so many of us in the ring that I really didn't have to do a whole lot. Because I, I, I told them, like, right away, I'm like, guys, just FYI, this is my first ladder match. So if I sound dumb, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like, right. I am baby. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, all right, we got you, we'll guide you. And, you know, and that's how we put the match together. They were really, they were really awesome to me through that. So going into my ladder match with him, I I had no idea what to do. I was like, all right, like, so thankfully, um, uh, Cruz was there, and he kind of he kind of helped us out a little bit. He's like, oh, here's some ideas, and then we put our stuff together. But like everything we did in the ring together, like, like it could have been one of those things where he's like, you know, let's bing bang boom, let's get this, let's rush, let's rush, let's go, let's get all this crazy stuff in. But when we were putting that match together, we were able to just keep it simple enough that we could remember to be ourselves while we were wrestling. But just enough that went like whatever we hit, like we gave the people what they wanted, and like it didn't hurt too that like we had all this cool stuff we got to use, like the time machine. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So sorry about the time machine, Teddy. I thought um, that I was like drunk or something because everybody no. around felt like it was like put up through the fucking time machine. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just one of those experiences where like we were able to get through it, and I wasn't as terrified as I thought I was going to be because we just 
we kept it right where it needed to be. And like now when I, when I, it's one of my favorite matches to go back and look through. Cause I'm like, look at the stupid crap we did. And we walked away and we're fine. And like, so yeah. I, I, and mayhem on mills. It's just another one. It's, it's like a growing fest. Like mm. it's just it's the same kind of concept. It's a wonderful space and they've got such a good crowd. Although there are a lot of people in that crowd who also go to fest. So that makes mm-hmm. sense. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's another one of those great shows where it's just like, no matter whether they have 30 or a hundred, it's the people are, are there and they're excited. So yeah, my, 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 my feudal tale, I'm hoping that I, once all this craziness subsides that I get to wrestle him a lot more because wrestling him is so much fun. Uh, I wouldn't fucking know because he no showed the one match I had booked against. Who? Oh no! <laughs> no, no we wrestled. Yeah, he, uh, he got caught up at work and he. Oh. And, and so what was funny was, so I think I've told you this before, but like, uh, so I was supposed to wrestle him at the Christmas show. I was really hyped about it because I I don't get a lot of singles matches. And yeah. I've been wanting to wrestle for a long time, and uh, he ends up canceling i ended up having a match with uh eli knight it went great it was fun you know? yeah yeah um and then like a couple weeks later uh i went just to hang out at the nerd street show that you were booked on against him okay, okay. and i'm just hanging out just brother brother and, and leon walks up to me and kind of does that iggy where he's like did you bring your gear and i was like yeah i did and he goes i don't know if wolf's gonna make it uh, can you wrestle Kylan if I need you to? And I was like, fuck yeah, I can wrestle Kylan if you need me to. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, homeboy shows up, and I'm just like, oh, so now you decide to show up to your bookings. Oh, no. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. No, I know. No, Wolf's such a sweetheart. I'm sure no, no, he, no, he no. had to call out. It's funny to me. It was like, wow, you, you, fucked, you fucked me twice. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think, he, I think he was traveling with Effie that day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I remember because he was stuck at work. Like, yeah. I remember because they were like, uh, Kylan, just put, come up with all your shit, your shit and put the match together because Wolf's going to be late. And I was like, oh, no. So I do remember that. I do remember that that day. Yeah, yeah. And that wanted to be a good match, too, because that was the the second time. Like, the, I, the first time I wrestled him was at the, the beginning of our feud at Mayhem on Mills. And then the second time I wrestled him was at Nerd Street. And I remember thinking the first time I wrestled him, I'm like, all right, that wasn't a terrible match. I feel like we had more in, that we had more that we could do with each other, but that was a good start. And then the second time we wrestled each other at Nerd Street, like we got a little bit more technical with it, had a little bit more fun, more more spots and stuff like that. I was like, okay, that was even better than the last time. And then the third time we wrestled each other was was the ladder match. And and like for me, like as someone who grew up in the attitude era, I always wanted to do like hardcore matches like that. So even though it was my first one, like I was excited to do it. Mm-hmm. And so like just getting to build on those levels with him was really, really, really cool. Yeah. I remember so, the, the promo work you guys were doing up to that ladder match was really great. Like, oh, that was all Teddy. That oh, yeah? was all Teddy. I mean, like granted, like we, we're the ones who have to sit in front of the camera and say things and, and do the, do the stuff, the stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, Teddy, when it comes to mayhem, he is, I, I just remember, like, he, he would constantly be messaging me, like, hey, I have this idea. Okay, never mind, I have this idea. Like, his brain is just, like, constantly going, going, going when it comes to that stuff. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the promo package he did for Chuckles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, I mean, granted, Chuckles is an amazing promo doer, but, like, yeah, Teddy, like, we, we literally, I met Teddy over 
by the pub there. And then we just walked around and he kept coming with ideas. He's like, oh, would you be okay with doing this? Like, so I would sit down in the middle of a street under a lamppost and like just sit there rocking back and forth laughing. Like he, he's a genius when it comes to that stuff. Like he went, I think even before that mayhem show, he built like time machine and stuff like that. And then he took it to the bar and was like, introducing it to people I'm like guys you should come to our show because we're going to be doing this and having a time machine and like he's he's so invested in that promotion and seeing his work is so awesome he's he's hilarious we were we were we and chelsea have this running joke um about how like we love everything that bills does but like we do think sometimes some of the jokes don't quite land like they just they're a little esoteric to the crowd. See, okay. I fucking love all of it. Oh, no, and I'm like I, so no, there. Like, with I know I'm, but... I'm there for it a thousand percent. I believe it in principle. Oh yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like there's one of the, there's like one or two times when like I want to turn to Chelsea and be like, you know, I'm sure this was really, really funny at three a.m. at Dreaded's kitchen <laughs> table. <laughs> I just have this image of him sitting there, just like totally, and then and then suddenly like he looks off in the distance, grabs his phone, immediately calls Teddy, and he's like, "Brother, we gotta do this exactly." And then that's when you have your best ideas. Building the time machine, man. I'm already got it. He was on Amazon now. Teddy was sending me pictures of like the process of while he was making it. He's like, "Yeah, so you guys are gonna kill each other with these things." Pictures, pictures, pictures. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love how enthusiastic he is. And then, of course, I mean, you guys watch his promos. Like, even for himself, like, what was it when the pandemic first started? He started doing uh, survival promos. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? He found the book and he started doing survival promos. I'm like, yo, even during a pandemic, you're coming up with promo ideas. This is awesome. Well, I, I, we told Teddy on our episode with him that you're my favorite promo in all of pro wrestling. Oh, like, the bunny one? You're, you're, no, I'm just like, like no, like the Teddy Stigma is my favorite promo. Oh, of course. Like, he's just so, so creative and so, he has such good timing. He's so funny. And, and then he has some, the best tagline ever. You hey, idiots. Idiot. <laughs> hey, you idiot. I like, can't call someone an idiot without hearing his voice in my head. And that's why, I know. like, the one promo we did with him for one of our matches is. If not, if not what my favorite, but one of my favorites fucking promos ever. Because yeah. we did right when Endgame came out and we did this whole Infinity Snaps joke. And yeah. it, was, oh, it was so good. <laughs> He's awesome. Oh, fuck. Well, you know what else is good? WrestleCrust Wednesday. Is it that time it's already? It's that time That's already. Fun. So, Kylan, we have this. Yes called wrestle crush wednesday where i want you if if willing you know i'm not here to push you on anything okay i'm not here to tell you how to live your life yeah yeah you know if you want to keep this stuff personal i get it i get it um but if you want to share i would like to know wrestlers of the past or present of any level that you haven't had the opportunity to wrestle but would would probably do a couple of evil things to do so um past oh gosh i've got a couple so i think i've said this on interviews before um i'm a big medusa fan i'm a big medusa fan uh so i would love i mean i don't think she wrestles anymore but i mean if she wants to make a comeback real quick i would gladly bump and feed my ass off for her 
Um, she, yeah, I, I had a really cool moment. I think was it earlier this year or the, at the end of last year? It was October. It was October of last year. My, my interview with Izzy. Yeah. Izzy asked me the same question, like, Hey, who would you want to wrestle? Uh, present, past, future, whatever. I was like, Medusa. Medusa shouted me out on Twitter, dude. Yes. It was so cool. I was like, is she talking about me or is she talking about Izzy? She's talking. I think she's talking about me. Oh, crap. This is really cool. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, though, because, you know, it didn't occur to me until now. But, yeah, if there's a modern day Medusa, you're definitely someone who fits that bill. See, Dustin Rose just gave me that compliment. The, uh, this past week too. It's canon. It's canon now. You're Medusa's so, daughter. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to him. I, I just got done with a match and I was talking to him. I'm like, so I'm like, obviously like if I have a character question, you're the perfect person to ask. Right. And he's like, huh, duh. And, <laughs> and I was like, so when I first started wrestling, I used to do this weird little bunny gimmick and I had a stuffed bunny and I would talk to it because, you know, I'm weird. And uh, I was like, but eventually it just didn't feel natural anymore. So I, I used the bunny less. And Billy Gunn told me he hated the bunnies. So I used it even less. And so now I've just kind of been relying on my silly personality and my wrestling capability. I was like, but I feel like there's just a scotch of something missing, like with my, my in-ring work and my personality. And I was like, is there someone you would recommend me watching to just break through that barrier and he said medusa and i was like yeah oh that's really funny <laughs> so uh definitely medusa but, uh, but also like bull nakano can we just talk because bull, bull and medusa Child is probably one of my favorite favorite matches to watch like uh-huh. i loved their chemistry together and i bull was one of the first big women who i'd ever watched bump and feed the way she did and i was like holy crap that's awesome cuz you look at her and you don't think that's going to happen and then she starts bumping and feeding and you're like oh my gosh this girl is such an athlete so yeah definitely her um oh gosh current day i really want to wrestle chris statlander mm-hmm. i'm obsessed with her um I got to the, she, she booped me the other day or a couple weeks ago and it was the best thing that it happened to me in a long time. <laughs> um, and big swole. I want to wrestle big swole so bad. Hey. Yes. Cause I feel like we're not her and I don't have identical personalities. Obviously she's, you know, she's, she's her own thing, but I feel like her and I have similar reactions in the ring to certain things. And so yeah. I'm just really curious to see what would happen if her and I got in the ring, we had a little tit for tat and just I, like, I feel like that really would be fun. very, very, uh, it's so animated, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely love, love, love to wrestle big swole. Uh, dude wise, uh, Shawn Michaels. Hey, I would guy. just I would just love to get in the ring and like experience it what what it's like to wrestle him because like watching him for so long just like whether it was a eight minute match or an hour long match like mm-hmm. you're constantly invested and entertained in what he's doing mm-hmm. and I would just I'm really curious to see like what he would bring out in me you know just one of those moments to see like how I would react and how that how that would come out for me to see would I step it up or would I just look at him and be like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to quit wrestling now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Shawn Michaels for sure. I can't think of anybody else at the moment, but those are, those are some of my picks, my crushes. 
I, uh, it's funny that you mentioned turning to Dustin Rhodes for character work, because that was literally something I remember me and Aaron literally our first, yeah, shit, our first tag match ever. So we formed in Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling, but they weren't booking us for matches yet. They were, we were just doing, like, run-ins. Yeah. And so we were going to other promotions to try and get tag matches just to, like, kind of work out what we're going to be doing. So we had a match to go wrestle. It was our first tag match ever. And we're, we, all we know about our characters is that we're this demon sex cult. And, <laughs> and they're like, all right, so you're going you're gonna to wrestle classic tag team. And uh, they're heels, so you guys got to be baby faces. Oh, and no. We're just like, excuse me? <laughs> and we looked at each other and we're like, how the fuck are we baby faces? And we both had the same thought. We're like, gold dust? Gold dust. Yeah. And so that's when I think actually that's when the sex part of the demon sex call yeah. came in. Because I think we were just demons. And then it was like, well, fuck, I guess we'll just be gold dust demons. And then now it's that's like the majority of our gimmick is just. That sounds like such a great cult to be a part of. The gold dust demons. Sex cult that's kind of funny, yeah. kind of weird. My singlet, and anyone does my singlet literally says, kiss them all because I blow kisses at all my opponents. You yeah. Know? So it's that's like, so funny. Yeah. And then uh, I love that you mentioned Bull Nakano because that is my eternal just like I was so bummed again I don't want to keep bringing up Mania the Mania that never happened. Ah! Yeah, but I was like it's gonna happen eventually I'll he do had to it. Say. Um, for our, our we were gonna be in the tag title match at Tampa Bay Pro and it was gonna be this big four way huge match and I was like I'm not gonna do this for every show this week but I'm gonna do it for this one I was gonna do the lightning bolt face paint oh, and yeah. wear wear black lipstick and go go and maybe even if i was feeling really do the bold, hair do my hair oh that would have been so cool because oh. she's like so, oh just the energy like she's just everything i've wanted to be in wrestling yeah like, she's so good the dude. energy she brought to the ring the, the the presence the athleticism um the humor even like she has a couple of really funny moments in some of her matches like there's this one match she had with like aja kong where like it, it, where, like, she's getting um, fucking uh, kendo sticked and just from the back and the front, and she's just standing there like, well, this is my fucking life now. Fucking <laughs> 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 just shot in it. <laughs> well, you said Aja Kong, and that made me think of one more. Uh, Manami Toyota. Fuck oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. I- Trevor's been having me watch a lot of her, and I'm, 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 current, I'm obsessed, like... Some of the stuff she does, like how how does she jump to that top rope and not fall the way she does, like the way she runs into it, like how? God, how is that humanly that. possible? She's a living anime character, that's why. I, yes. Oh, but yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to pick up a few of her her movesets. It's it's coming. It's in the works. Don't tell anybody. Oh wait, we just did this on a podcast. Crap. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's because of this podcast I learned the tequila sunrise, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because of this podcast that I'm even still conscious on Sunday nights. Right. That was depressing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, no, nah, it's just because I'm an old lady and I like to go to bed early. Yeah, so no, I feel that. That was not um, meant to be as depressing as it sounds. I don't even do <laughs> drugs. Or oh, drink. no. Don't, don't do drugs, kids. No, no. Uh, I have it tattooed on my stomach. Don't do not do drugs. I just immediately got the shot of Pee Wee Herman doing that PSA where he's like, this is crack. <laughs> <laughs> this is your brain. This is your brain on heroin. Oh, fuck. 
Oh my god. Like, no, those are eggs. Those are just eggs. <laughs> those are just eggs, man. Stop trying to tell me what he eggs are. perfectly good protein like that. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I would I know, like... right? It took till I was like 17 for me to eat eggs again, because I thought that eggs were my brain on drugs. Lessons oh my god. Learned. You want to eat your brain on drugs? I'm not going to eat drug brains. What? <laughs> I should go vegan, just in case. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Completely misread this the room in that situation. <laughs> uh, you, you know, sometimes when you misread the room, it just it just brings you to an even funnier, more ridiculous place. And I'd like to think that's how most demon sex cults are born. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it starts with a uh, a solid base of being rowdy rowdy, and then you also want to add in uh, an equal amount of bout it bout it. <laughs> so that you can then so, be so Kyla, ratty, ratty, have, bad, have you, bad. Have you listened to Conan's rap album? Me? Yeah. I don't think no. Okay. Ooh, boy, are you missing out? K O double N A and Conan and Tony Boxman. Live at the place to be, Mexico City. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> we like we fell down this rabbit hole of we were playing like a game where we were trying to guess these quotes from WCW Valentine's Day cards and I we could not figure out what rowdy rowdy bout it bout it was we... and then it turns out it was that was Conan's catchphrase and oh, it was from his rap album when he was K Dog. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So we've really been trying to push a a, a rowdy rowdy bout it bout it segment for uh, Demon Road Diaries, but we haven't quite worked out yet what that will be. Yeah. You'll you'll come. You'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, mean, oh I my feel Lord. like I feel like it might almost be time to do a third version of the. Uh, um, of the Valentine's cards game. You are the only person who wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, I feel like it's not fair to me because I don't have the memory that I once did. I'm so like I'm. Yeah, guys, she's falling downstairs. Leave her alone. Yeah, I've fallen I... down the stairs. <laughs> hey, you should hey, see. Hey, if she can jump out of a tree, she can play a card game. That's so <laughs> different. Like, those two things have literally not one single thing to do with the other. You can jump out of a tree and use a completely different part of your brain than see, you use to... You land on your feet when you jump out of a tree. When you fall downstairs, you know, that's that's a lot of different landing parts it was bad man we should probably use the uh video message i recorded to you guys because i couldn't um because i couldn't type back because i didn't want to want to splice that in my, right now my thumbs we could it was like <laughs> it was pretty terrible i sounded like drunk as fuck because they sent me the guys sent me a selfie and they're like What's the matter, sister? We're uh, we're worried about you. And I was like, All right, dear listeners. Right now, we're gonna cut to Chelsea's video message post accident. Hey, brothers. Typing is pretty slow. Cause everything's pretty slow. Um, so I thought I'd send you a video. Uh, I have a bruise in my brain, like somewhere over here, and then a bleed in the back. I just had another CAT scan, um, so they can see how it's going, and uh, that's what I know. I've been here for three days so far. 
No, we'll see how it goes. I have a massive headache and um, my friend bought me this cat at Walmart. So there's that. Love you guys. And we're back. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't really... Wow, Tuzzy, you you did sound really drunk there. I mean, jeez. <laughs> what was that bit about snakes? What was going on there? Yeah. Coming out of the walls, man. That's uh, not good. Parts of the hearts of man. So, Kylan, uh, I think we're, we're, coming, we're coming close to a wrap-up here. Okay. Uh, I'm just uh, curious now. So, um, kind of... So, this this whole year has been kind of a lost year. I think a lot of us came in, like most athletes, we come in with these plans and these goals, and then yeah. all of that just gets thrown out the fucking window, and we probably pick the worst place to be in uh, in terms of how to um, crawl out of this quarant- uh, quarantine state. Good old Florida. Good old Florida. Um, so I'm just curious then, so what are, what, are, what are some goals or some things you're kind of hopeful towards as we try to move towards a normalcy in the summer and, and then eventually into the fall. So right now I'm, uh, I'm training at a uh, gang girls wrestling asylum. And uh, once I started doing shows, I kind of went away from training for a while. I was just kind of relying on what I knew. And uh, so I'm, tr- I'm trying to use this time off to get, to get better at my technical wrestling. You know, I've been, uh, I mean, you guys know Trevor, I've been training with him in the ring and he's been slowly but surely teaching me all the cool stuff and I've been wanting to learn like I wouldn't say like lucha stuff because I mean I'm, I'm a big girl but like just things that I can do on my own just cool stuff just cool stuff yeah because I've, I've been I've been relying on the on the basics for a long time so I've been trying to switch up my moveset a little bit and just have some new stuff for people that they're not going to be expecting um because for me, like, I remember when I first started wrestling, and I won't say who it was, but this this dude came up to me after a show, and he said, why, why are you doing all those kicks and, and, like, technical cool stuff? He's like, all you need to do is pick them up and slam them. You're such a big girl. That's all you need to do. It's just a bunch of powerhouse moves. Uh, yeah. You just rolled your eyes, right? That's the most uh, ridiculous thing you've ever heard. And that just made me so furious. I don't, like, I was like, no. I was like, why would I train and learn all this stuff and then not use any of it? And so for me, like, yes, I'm a big girl and I have, I have that powerhouse aspect to my wrestling, but I want, when I, when, you know, once I start getting out there more and we get back to it, I, I kind of want to be like the quack and bush of females, like just yeah. wrestling like that and doing all that cool stuff and, and bringing a story to you through things like that. Not just hitting a bunch of moves to hit a bunch of moves, but being a better storyteller, you know? So, you definitely get better at technical. My technical. Wow, I can't talk right now, guys. Why did you put me on this podcast? Um, uh, better at my technical wrestling, and then having you know some new some new stuff to give people that they won't be expecting for sure. How uh, how heart how heartbroken were you when you found out that uh, Trevor teaches uh, a lot of us the cool stuff? Oh man, you were there. You knew how upset I was. That little that little roll through spot that I like to do. Somebody else did it in class the other day, and I looked at Trevor and I said, "You're teaching other people this cool stuff too." I feel so betrayed. <laughs> how many others? How, how many are there? <laughs> um, that's that's so weird that like 
that people would make. I, okay, so that okay, let's. I, I guess I want to dive into this a little bit before we log off. Uh, okay. Is that something you feel like you deal with a lot of people telling you you're too big to do something? There have been a couple people who have given me like like I'll say, hey, I want to learn how to do this, and they'll be like, no, you don't need to learn that. And I'm like, why? Yeah, and they're like, no, learn everything. Yeah, yeah. and they're you can like, do it, have it in your back pocket. Yeah, but like especially now that intergender wrestling is a much more popular thing, and I was doing it a lot before the COVID happened, like why not learn some high flying stuff? Because if I can have a dude who can base for me, why wouldn't I do it? Like, I would love to do it. And that's, and I mean, like it's, I, I truly believe fundamentals are super important and you should know the basics before you try to learn anything fancy. Mm -hmm. But you know, I've been doing that for a little while now. Let me learn something fancy, dude. Like I, I I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like I I just want to have more in my repertoire. I don't want to have the same four things every match, you know, like I would rather know everything and then use very little of it. Yeah. And then not know enough and then be in a match and somebody be like, do you know how to do this? And I'd be like, nope. You know? Yeah. yeah, there's no such thing as knowing too much wrestling. Yeah. Or like, or even like a move being unnecessary. Like, obviously, like, you know, there's a time and a place for things. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, yeah, this is so insane to me, especially if you are going to be, you know, pu- pushing the intergender wrestling. It's like, what if you're wrestling a dude like, who's like six foot seven, 350 pounds. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you suplex him, but it would be also being an opportunity to be like, well, now I can do this really cool move that I can't do on, you know, tinier people. Like, exactly. It gives you something else to fucking do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, I think in that match I had done, I did like some kind of kick combo thing and their comment was like, you don't need all those kicks and stuff. Just pick them up and slam them. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I was so irritated. Yeah. You don't but need those good. teeth in your I mouth. Was, I, I was told by someone that I am too big to do a baseball slide. No, you're not. Yeah. And my, I'm going to back away from the mic for this because this is the only proper emotion I can express this with. Oh, no. Here it comes. I am the same height as Shawn Michaels. <laughs> But I'm too big to do a baseball slide. <laughs> yeah. Stars. Can't do it. That's if you can do a baseball slide well, who who are they to say you can't do a baseball slide? Yeah, I, think the I love my baseball slides. Can't do a baseball Am I the greatest of them? No, but I like to do them. I, I still have um, a, a waffle pattern on my thigh from my last baseball slide, which I think was in my match with you. Yeah. I, I was just about to say that. I'm like, wasn't that with me? Yeah, it was. It's still there. It was a really good one, too. Two months later, I still got that waffle print. I don't think it's going away. No. I'm fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. You might need to get new uh, tights or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the uh, the, the, the pattern. So the, the boxes. The ch- what, what do you call that? Mesh. The mesh, mesh. yeah. Mesh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. It's not all good. Why am I like this? You're fine. <laughs> No one's handling quarantine well right now. He's yeah. like yeah. Have you been on Twitter? Quarantine. No one's handling it. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's like, this is me walking into Twitter like, oh, boy, going to see what's going on on wrestling Twitter yeah. today. Yeah. Austin Aries said what? <laughs> I, need, I need to do like a Twitter segment where I put up like a thing like, hey, guys, quote or what should we name the year of 2020? Like, give me the best quotes ever and just see what yep. people come up with because I feel like every bad thing that could possibly happen is going to happen this year. Has yeah. already happened or is going to happen. 
I feel like you need to give everybody on Twitter the body positivity speech. Oh, the um, one that I like to give the girls at school? Yeah, so for, for those of you who are unaware, um, I always call Kylin in for this whenever uh, one of the girls at Gangrel's uh, wrestling asylum is, you know, like, feeling, like, down on themselves and are, like, vocally, like, body shaming themselves or no. anything like that. I threaten them, and I I'm like, don't you make me get Kylin in here exactly. for the body positivity speech. And I love that that's what I'm related to in your in your brain. Like, I, yeah. I love that you can immediately think of me when that talk needs to be had and because just, you say it so much more eloquently than I do. So it's just a lot. And they're like, Oh God, no, I'll, I'll be better. I'm beautiful. I love myself. And I'm like, Nope, it's yeah. too late. I already texted her. People have this really bad habit of comparing themselves to other or looking at the outside world and thinking that's what they have to be. No, 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 no. The Lord Jesus made you exactly how you were supposed to look. Exactly. Like every, every single thing about me physically that I used to be so self-conscious about when I was younger is what makes me interesting now. Look wise as a wrestler, my height, how pale I am, my, my, my thickness. Like if I was just another teeny little baby, like who knows where I would be right now, you know, like own, own your traits and love yourself. And, and those little quirky things about yourself, make that you make, make that, make that be what stands out about you, you know? I, that's what, life is too short guys love yourselves oh yeah well that was the thing is like i i always it's it, like i uh i mean not now because i i did just shave them because i wanted to um, <laughs> but i stopped shaving my shoulders and my back because i have really bad skin and it was i was getting like staph infections and shit oh no and, like it just my skin couldn't handle it and i was really glad that when i stopped doing it at no point did I ever get, even when we were heels, I never got like a shave your back chant. Oh, like, yeah. Get that back in the day, though? Like, I would get it back in the day, and it was weird because we wore shirts. Oh, really? <laughs> so it was oh, like, you like, couldn't yeah, even see your yeah, back. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, nobody ever gave me shit for my body hair. And I think part of that was, like you said, embracing it and, yeah. and just, if you own it, then no one can say shit to you. And, and exactly it's it's only when you actively show that you're insecure about it that people are going to nitpick at it mm. but like but like the cool thing about wrestling is it's a world of characters and it's a world of of differences so mm. if you come in looking like everybody else you're not going to stand out nobody's going to really care they're gonna be like oh yay another bo- person doing a body slam like i mean half the time like the way you connect to people is your entrance and how you show who you are so I mean, if you if if being super hairy is what makes you stand out, don't shave your arms anymore, bro. Let let them see you, you know. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's a part of the reason why everybody loves Beastly so much is he comes out and he's like, and he's got dirt all over his face and he's super hairy and that's oh, yeah, Beastly. Yeah. You want to yeah. act about Beastly? What's that? So one time, way early in my career, like when I was just still doing shitty. Uh, like Samoa Joe, Lion King, Ronnie Rios. Uh, I got booked on a show because they thought I was beastly. (laughs) (laughs) And I showed up and they were like, you look really different than your promo. And I'm like, what's, what promo do you have? And they showed me the picture and I'm like, that's another person. That's completely uh, that's not me. I mean, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> that's so, I didn't know. You've never told me that story before. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so uh, funny. But uh, it's bad because I've known him literally since I started wrestling because he was uh, one of the regulars for the promotion I trained under. Yeah. 
I've never wrestled him. It pisses me off because it's like that's my dad. Like, like, like I need to wrestle him. <laughs> that's my fucking well, dad. Well, tell you what, I'll convince Trevor to set up the ring somewhere, and then I'll just message you guys and be like, "Yo, come wrestle each other," and then we can just record it and put it online. Uh, we've, been, we, we've been joking that we're going to do battle royals at uh, Chelsea's wedding. Oh, oh yeah. heck. Yeah, yeah there's so yeah. Instead, instead of tossing the bouquet and tossing the garter, we're doing two battle royals. Can I, can I like, just German somebody into a crowd of a bunch of people and be like, oh, you got him. You're the next one to get married or die. One of the two. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. 100% fine. <laughs> yeah. My wedding is going to be fucking lit. I know. Well, yeah. Okay. Just... We, can, we can cut this out if you don't want this in it. But, uh, you know, total kayfabe breaking here. The, the spot I wanted to do was I wanted you to go over in the women's battle royal. And then I'm going to do this shitty thing where I looks like I beat Trevor. Like I tossed him out and then I jaw jack you on the outside. Like, ha ah, you ain't getting married. Ha ah, it's my time now. <laughs> and then he does the baby face run up, toss me over the top. And I'm like, and I do the big Bobby Heenan. Like, what the fuck? No, what no, the fuck? no. <laughs> that sounds yeah, like the most entertaining wedding I'll ever go to. Oh, he's been so. fantasy booking my wedding for months. And yeah. Like, uh, Samson, if you're listening, babe, we have a lot to talk about because we have to book this So is he pretty much solid. Is he pretty much booking your whole wedding for you then? He's basically booking my whole wedding. Fantastic. Less work for you. Yeah, it's, it's so much less work for me. <laughs> the hardest part is, you know, just making sure the heels sit with, you know, heels and the baby faces get their own table and, it's, you know, and got to keep that consistent, you know. No one you, and you want to know what? You have to have a designated table for all the face painters. Oh, that way, no. it doesn't oh, get that's... anywhere but there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, I thought you were and... saying you wanted a face painter at the wedding, like, you know, like children's parties. Oh, and, no, no, no. Because like, well, well, you know how, like, you know, they'll complain, like, oh, you know, no make or no face paint at the show in the spring. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, if you guys I, are going to show up in your face paint, you'll all have to sit at this table. The thing where, like, like there is like a run-in on your wedding and like we all like the all the groomsmen we have our gear on underneath the suits wait can the run-in be at the ceremony it has to be like right before they're about to say i do the run-in has to happen there yeah and then somebody just like shit cans one of them out of the out of the uh from the like whatever you call it where they say i do but yeah they gotta get the altar thank you wow words are hard guys but somebody has to get canned off the altar and then uh like somebody uh, somebody else has to get sunnered or something like that i'm highly considering it i mean i don't we'll probably do a special wedding episode and uh yes but then oh but even better but then the person who got shit canned has to has to come up from behind and then schoolboy them one two three and then be like oh yeah I do. And then they get married and everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> so wait, awesome. like, so the position of husband is like a 24 seven championship. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys have to do a whole promo thing. Like it, obviously it doesn't have to be the actual ceremony, but you guys have to have like a fake ceremony where like oh, we're okay. running around the church or wherever we're going to be at. And like people keep pinning it on for your hand in marriage and somebody else comes in and steals it no here's what it is uh someone comes in and schoolboys you one two three now i'm married to a don and then it's like it goes in a round robin like dudes and girls just like we're all trying to marry a don and it just and then at some point 
And one then eventually comes the girls, back to you. One of the girls, one of the boys, like, they're like, yeah, I won. And they turn to the person they're supposed to get married to, and they're like, I don't want to be the winner anymore. And then they let somebody else be. And they're like, bro, come here, schoolboy. Just fucking schoolboy really, really quick. Back with like a I, I can see victory. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. That would, that'll be like the, 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 the friend's wedding. Or I'm sorry, not the friend's wedding. The, uh, the office wedding where they do the dance, but except we'll do it with wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, that'll yeah, be guys, like that. Dan and I have been married for three weeks. Like this, this, this <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> And then, like on your one-year anniversary, we'll bring it back. Yep. <laughs> the one-year anniversary battle royal. Yeah. You go into the fridge <laughs> to grab the like the top of the cake, which is like the ceremonial like year after celebration like thing and when you open the fridge it's like somebody inside and they pop out to like fucking schoolboy you like all the yeah. way back full circle yes so wait does that mean that this is for the marriage now or is it for the cake yeah. oh it's for oh it's for the marriage so i was about to say if it's, if it's for, for the, the cake, cake it's gonna get a I'm lot more doing it. heated yeah <laughs> the stakes have never been higher yeah, or the cake. I just have to, uh, now. I totally want to be that asshole who, like, if I can find a fake pop-up snake or something, yeah. and just recreate the Jake Roberts bit with you, oh, you God. guys do presents. Uh, <laughs> that could be that could be a part of the twenty-four-seven for the actual wedding part. It could be like Adon and Chelsea finally got it back. They're at the wedding reception now. They're about to cut the cake, and then somebody pops out of it and like spears Adon. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, kidding, guys. It's round two. <laughs> oh, God. This whole wedding is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, fuck. Well, I think what we're going to have to do is record the whole wedding, and then we're going to have, like, a watch-back, watch-along episode <laughs> where we bring, like, three or four people in, and, like, we're like, all right, start wedding on YouTube now. And then we yes. around, and we're like, okay, yeah. So at this part, what you don't know is Bret Hart was there. <laughs> and like just wild shit. Yeah. Yeah, you see this suspiciously oh. pink looking tree over there? That's no tree, brother. Or we could like insert, you know how like they do the Randy Orton videos where it's yeah. like somebody's <laughs> walk walking on the stem of a bridge and they fall into the water and out of nowhere. Yeah. Like we could do like somebody's on the dance floor and they're they go to like backflip or tr- they trip or something, and then we just insert random like Stars of the past hitting hands on them. Stutter out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and the new champ. Oh my gosh! Perfect. I mean, Mick Foley does weddings, right? We could probably get him to show up. Oh yeah. <laughs> we could probably get him to bring the sock. I feel like we could put that in a bu- in the budget. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's the one who pops out of the cake. He could pop out of the cake. Oh, we all know Effie has to be the one. That pops Effie out. has to pop out. Oh out. yeah. That's fair. That's, That's fair. already booked. Yeah, that spot's taken. <laughs> yeah, Effie would definitely no, be the they, best No, the spot has that. to be like, like Mick. Mick is in like full rabbi gear, and you're like, he like Adon's like running, and he's like just trying to find anyone to hide him. And he's like, he's like rabbi, rabbi, hide me. And he goes, oh, don't worry, my son, I have you. And he turns around, and it's the sock. No. <laughs> <laughs> but see here's, but see here's the thing. If Effie's the one who pops out of the cake, he's got to spear Chelsea, not Adon. Oh, yeah. true, because yeah. he's got he's to gotta marry Yeah, yeah. he's, he's going to want to marry a Don. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so funny. Fine. I trust Effie to spear me while I'm in my dress. <laughs> oh, he's the best. Well, I think we just booked the best wedding ever. <laughs> yes. And on that note, Kylan, please tell us 
all of your socials where people can find you and anything you're working on you want to promote you know i don't know what you're doing with your downtime um my instagram and my twitter are at kylan king and then i do have a facebook so if they're not gonna be creepy you guys can go add me on there you know they'll be creepy they're gonna be creepy, <laughs> creepy ones are the worst um uh, yeah, it's all at Kylan King. I was smart. I used to have like five different handle names, and then I was smart and switched them all to the same thing. So it's pretty easy to find me. Um, and the only things I have coming up um, that I can promote right now, I will be in Indiana in August for GCW. I'll be defending my my lady's belt. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Good old world of COVID doesn't give me a lot of opportunities right now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no, that's that's light. Oh, Gang Girl Show. Yeah, July nineteenth. July nineteenth. Yes, I will be wrestling live. there as well. It'll be live. They're, they have a limited audience, I think. So you yeah. got to get your tickets now if you want to be a part of that. But then, yeah, if you want to log in, it's a, it's a live show. They're they they'll be broadcasting it. It's always a good time. YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. I'm glad I remember that because I'm sure Gangrel would have been like, what the hell? Yeah, you didn't put me over. You didn't put yeah. your show over. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so, I'd like to believe that Gangrel listens to our podcast. I um, mean, you never know. You, you never, never know. know. Gangrel, I can't, he's so busy 90% of the time. <laughs> he is very, very <laughs> I busy. I really get him to watch my match. Yeah, he's a very busy dude. He keeps himself. I know, I know he was, he's always joking like, with all the shows being canceled, I'm I'm sure crazy. I have nothing to do, so he's constantly like training at the school and stuff like that. So I'm sure, I'm sure he's keeping himself busy somehow. So, uh, I was funny. I don't know if this was a 2020 tweet, but it just reminded me you're talking about like tweets for the year, and, and this made me think about a tweet of yours that I don't know why this is so ingrained in my brain, but I just remember it, which was uh, you tweeted, "Hey guys, uh, I'm gonna start carb cycling." So. I'm kind of a bitch to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, on my high carb days, I'm an absolute delight. But on the days where I can't have any, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not fully there. And sometimes yeah. I don't remember what I say. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kylan King, and I wish I was dead. Why is your face like that? Like what? <laughs> just that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like to make funny uh, food tweets sometimes because we all we all love our carbs. So we do. Yeah, I actually have Oreos and Cheetos waiting for me when this is done. Oh, rude. Uh, I recently, Look, I recently realized that I, I've identified my sexual orientation as just bagels. <laughs> <laughs> but bagels never, never leave you on red. Exactly. <laughs> Bagels accept you and love you for who you are. Exactly. You, gotta, you gotta put hummus on the bagel. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh that's Caden's new kick is uh hummus, oh, on, hummus on a bagel. Oh, I don't think God. I've tried that. It's so good. Like cream cheese, whatever's hummus on a bagel. Have you had have you had um uh guacamole on a bagel? I mean, it sounds like Avocado take. toast, kind of. Why would you say something? Take a bagel. Take a bagel. Take a bagel. Toast it. Put some avocado. Uh, like an over medium egg, 
and then uh, maybe like a little bit of turkey. And I'm not wow. talking about like sandwich turkey slices. I'm talking about like legit thick turkey. Hurt. Put that on there. Delicious. Another random road diaries will be doing recipes. Exactly. And another kind of weird one, but it sounds super gross, but it's actually the most delicious thing ever. Uh, Cinnamon oatmeal or um, sorry, raisin, cinnamon, raisin bagel with uh, peanut butter on it Mm -hmm. and over medium egg. Sounds disgusting, right? Yeah, but it's so delicious. I could fuck with it. So delicious. I probably have it like twice a week. It's amazing. I forget who gave me that idea. I think it was one of those random uh, videos of like, like 10 weird food combos that you would never think of. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like those ones you find on Facebook, like those yeah. random food videos. I think it yeah. was on like one of those. And I was like, huh. And then I saw another friend posted about peanut butter and eggs. And I was like, huh. So I tried it and I was like, oh, this is actually really good. <laughs> what is the world coming to? Especially you like crying eating it. Like you're just like, so yeah. fucking good. Uh, like, I was expecting not to like this. I'm like, so are disappointed. Those te- are those tears of joy or tears of shame? I don't, I don't know. Ay, ay, ay. All right, Kylan. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You've been an absolute delight. Thank uh, you. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. KG, hit the socials. All right. So you can find Demon Road Diaries on almost every platform for podcasts. And you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by simply searching Demon Road Diaries. You can find the coda at We Are The Coda on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, and at ProWrestlingTees.com slash We Are The Coda. You can find me personally at Music City KG on Twitter and and Music City Messiah on Instagram. This is what happens when I don't practice this. Rios. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bastard Sun Rios because, like Kylan said, I recently just kind of combined all my shit together under one handle. Uh, I did just download TikTok. Uh, I don't think oh, I'm gonna no. post. Oh no! Uh, it. You know <laughs> I, I, I. What? I said that's what I said. <laughs> that's the one social media platform that I have avoided and listen. like proudly not joined because okay, I hear listen. so many horror stories. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You want to know why I joined TikTok? It's actually it, it's because um well I I was contemplating it because all my vi- favorite viners kind of popped over there, and I would but I would still get their content on like Instagram. So it was like whatever. I don't I don't need to join TikTok. And because obviously I had the same like memories of like how it was when it started, when it was like just these really cringy, lip synky, weird videos. And I'm just like, I don't need that. But I saw a Facebook post that really hit with me, which was um, an activist was talking about um, was doing an interview and she was talking about how she was really focusing a lot of her effort on TikTok. Like she uses Instagram, she uses Facebook, she uses Twitter, but she was really focused on TikTok because she said that's where the young people are. And that's where the message needs to go. And and it made me realize, you know, and it's not about, oh, i got to keep up with the kids. It's more about, like, this is past just youth culture. This is just culture now. Like, this is where our jokes are coming from. This is where our our information is being dispersed. So it's like, okay, obviously I need to fuck with the algorithm so I'm not getting just a bunch of e-girls and, like, you know, bad stand-up limp sync videos. Yeah. But... There's actually like a lot of informative, cool stuff on there. And there's a lot of communities on there. Like a lot of like 
people that don't feel like they're very seen in other platforms, like, you know, LGBTQ people, trans people, uh, minority groups, people of color, disabilities. Like, there's a big deaf community on Twitter, or on TikTok. Um, yeah. You know, so I just was like, okay, this is this is actually not as detrimental to society as I once thought, <laughs> you know. See, that's a cool, that's a cool outlook of it. Because, see, when I think of TikTok, I just think of all the moms. Mm-hmm. who get on TikTok and, like, create videos with their kids like they're still 12 years old. And I'm like, uh, okay, moms, maybe I, I not. Have one TikTok. But that's really cool. Yeah, because there's, like, there's a lot of running jokes on TikTok. And the only one I know I'm going to do is that whenever I get my big, flashy new singles gear, uh, I'm going to – there's, like, a running audio joke where it's, like, I'm an adult now. Which means I have adult money, which means I can buy dumb things like this with no regrets. <laughs> and so people use that audio to show like their ferret farms or their like big dumb paintings they bought or like, yeah. like I'm literally gonna stand in front of my mirror, like or walk around and then walk into the bathroom in full gear, my gambit and Owen Hart pink singlet with my new kick pads and my leather jacket and just be like Heck yeah. buy big dumb things like this and not regret. <laughs> No regrets, guys. None. Uh, no no regrets. No regrets. But yeah. So I do have a TikTok. It's at Bastard Sun Rios. And uh, don't add me on Facebook. Because uh, I know you're going to be creepy. And I don't sell fee pics. So fuck off. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> wow, don't sound so excited about this, Chelsea. <laughs> That was such a sad sounding for promoting. Uh, it's just he mentioned the feet pics thing, and I just like. Oh no! Leaded me a little. I just got Hobbit feet. I know I wouldn't make any money. I, there's a market for everything. There is a market. Anyway, for you can find me on Instagram at Durden says, Twitter at the Durden says. Uh, at prowrestlingtees.com slash Chelsea Durden if you're interested in helping me put my cats through college. And as always, <laughs> please leave my mother alone on Instagram. She's such a nice woman. She doesn't deserve the vile things that you say. Oh, it's, gosh. It's people, people are terrible. Just leave my mother alone. Aww. All right. And so, always, as always, stay- remember... Stay safe, stay jacked. Yes, that's such a good message. You know what time it is and you know exactly where I'm going. We're talking about that face. We're talking about that beard. And what can you do to get a better beard? Well, you need better beard care. And you know who makes better beard care? That's right, La Barba Cubano. La Barba Cubano just put out a brand new scent called Bloody Hell. And it is a blood orange clove and cinnamon scented beard oil. It also has the essential mix that helps soften your beard, promote healthy beard growth, and keeps the skin underneath feeling great. So head to Instagram, find La Barba Cubano by simply searching La Barba Cubano on Instagram, give it a follow, and then head to the site and pick up some better beard care. And while you're ready to check out, 
Use the code Demon Daddies to save yourself 13% on checkout. Get yourself some better beard care with La Barba Cubano.